This episode of Beer and Bullshit is brought to you by Woodhouse Brewing Company in Toronto. Woodhouse brews the refreshing beers using only choice ingredients and no preservatives. Check out their brew pub in Toronto today and enjoy their newly opened patio. What is up, beer and bullshit super fans and new listeners alike? Welcome to another episode. Coming at you a little later in the day, Wednesday than usual. Sorry, I did not have time to fully edit and record this intro last evening, as I usually do. Uh, the day got away from me a bit, and I was a wee bit tired. So I'm recording this at the crack of dawn, Wednesday, hoping to get this into your podcast app for all you faithful subscribers, ASAP. Um, if you're one of the almost 100 people who seem to listen to this between midnight and 6 a.m., uh, first of all, get some rest. Uh, and sorry, uh, this one's a little later. It feels like fall is in the air, and I have uh, pissed off hop farmers. Big hop is coming after me. Caused a bit of a stir earlier this week when I was shit-talking wet hop beers. It is the season of wet hop beers, and I know they have a pretty rabid fan base, and I found out the hard way by making an offhand comment about not giving a shit about wet hop beers. Uh, It tastes to me like a vegetable has been floating in my beer, and I don't love it. So I said something to that effect on Twitter, and uh, people were mad. People like wet hop beers. And the hop farmers of Ontario uh, took offense because wet hop beers obviously allow them to showcase their products. That doesn't mean I have to like it. Um, It also, oddly, netted me my first beer delivery from Saskatchewan. Shout out to Rebellion Brewing uh, in Regina who saw my tweet that I don't enjoy wet hot ba- uh, wet hot beers and said, uh, fuck you, we're going to send you wet hot beers. <laughs> so they did. Uh, Rebellion Brewing does a solo crush series, which is their single hop uh, that changes up. And the current one is a wet hopped featuring fresh Comet hops. And it was pretty good. It tasted like wet Comet hops. So well done and thanks for the beer. My brother actually lives in Regina. I have told him to go to your brewery. Uh, knowing nothing about your beer other than your, your sassy social media, I've always enjoyed it. So now I've had your beer, and I will uh, continue to send my brother your way. Tim, go spend some money at Rebellion, because they sent your big bro a wet hop uh, beer just to say fuck you, which I like. And so with um, you know due respect to the wet hop beer fans, this is... Mares in season, okay? I'm not even going to talk about pumpkin beers because, fuck, everyone talks about pumpkin beers and I'm over it, being mad or loving them. Fuck it. Marezins, man. This is the time of year for a nice, malty, biscuity, Oktoberfest-style beer. Get it in you. Uh, I'm not one of those people who's like, I love autumn, it's so nice, and the leaves are changing, and it's cool, and you have to wear sweaters. Fuck that. Uh, summer is great. I could wear no shoes or shirts and just drink delicious beer in my backyard in the sunshine. That's the best season. There's no contest. Stop it. Stop pretending you like fall. The only good thing about fall is Marzins. Um, so 
<laughs> enjoy them. <laughs> Unsolicited advertisement for a beer style. Uh, Merzins. Today's episode brought to you by Merzins, a beer traditionally brewed in March and then enjoyed in October. Merzins. But enough of that bullshit. I got a great show for you today. Uh, I'm chatting with Ren Navarro. Ren is the founder of Beer Diversity, uh, a business she created to start to have more conversations about diversity in the beer industry. As you might imagine, we talked pretty extensively about diversity, or lack thereof, in the beer industry and why that has become an even more hot topic in recent times. Um, If you're enjoying the show, incidentally, please take the time to give it a review on Apple Podcasts. Those things actually really do help. And uh, if you're feeling generous, give it a share. Send the show along to somebody who'd like to listen to it, would ya? Thank you for your patronage. I do appreciate your listenership. Um, And here, without further ado, is my chat with Ren. Um, so I don't know, I feel like most people who listen to my show are at least tangentially aware of the beer industry, although some people are maybe finding it by accident, thinking it's actual about bullshit. Maybe there's some farmers that think this is a cow manure-focused show. But for people who don't know you, I like to start at the beginning. Uh, you worked in craft beer for a long time, right? Yeah, I think this is my eighth year working with beer in some way, shape, or form. Without going into detail of all the jobs you've held, can you list? <laughs> well, I mean, you don't probably don't want to. <laughs> that would be boring. There's only one brewery. <laughs> there's only there's only one brewery that I don't really want to talk about because they don't deserve the the uh, the free promo. But okay, that's the one we're going to focus on tonight. <laughs> They're for sale. They're totally up for sale. Oh, I feel like everyone's for sale right now. Like, there's so many rumors about who's for sale and who isn't. Um, Everyone has okay. a price. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm, although no one I've asked for their number has ever told me their number. Okay, so let's talk about where you've been. I've been around Ontario and worked in a handful of breweries, right? Yeah, I've worked with six Ontario-based breweries. Uh, they all exist. I mean, there's you know little little brewery called Great Lakes. I don't I don't know if anyone's heard of I them. I know them. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so they they gave me my start. Yeah. I actually uh, left life insurance to, to go work there and work retail there for about a year and did retail and LCBO sales, which is how I know Rob Hearn of yep. Shortfinger. Yeah. Uh, Cause he was my boss for a while, which oh, is wow. so weird. Cause he's such a buddy now that I'm like, remember that time you were my boss. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then I went into sales and did sales for, uh, from there I went to Kensington Woodhouse Descendants, uh, and then Redline, and I feel like I'm missing someone. Probably the one you don't want to talk about. Then I already listed them. Oh, you do? Uh, <laughs> figure that one out, dear listener. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, you'll, you'll know. It's pretty easy. Um, yeah. Just look at your Twitter feed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so when did this become uh, something that you wanted to not just work in, but talk about and actively improve? Oh, I guess for uh, people who don't know, what do you do now? <laughs> oh, yeah, right. So I run a company called Beer Diversity, which is kind of an advocacy um, consulting company that I literally talk about the need for diversity and inclusion in beer. And now it's spread out to wine and spirits and non-alcohol things. But, That's awesome. Cool. So wh- at what point were you like, okay, I like selling beer, I like talking about it. Obviously, you were living it every day that something yep. needed to change. When did you decide to make it 
a career of it, or at least a calling, because maybe there was no money in the beginning. <laughs> Everyone gets into beer thinking that there's money, and I'm like, oh, that's really cute, because I thought there was money there too. Right. <laughs> uh, it's abject poverty and all you can drink beer. It's, Some people and, are into that. Oh, yeah, and it's not even all you can drink. Uh, <laughs> they get you, and they're like, surprised you actually have to pay for this. Yeah. I, I don't think I ever had a moment where I was like, I'm going to be an advocate. I think I was an accidental activist. Um, you know, I'm, I'm one of the co-founders of Society Beer Drinking Ladies, which has been, like, running for, I think this is their seventh year. I've been gone for uh, three or four years now. And, but I get the co-founder title for life, so I think it's pretty rad. And I think what they're doing is is great. But uh, when we started it, I think we were we were all kind of the accidental activists because we were yeah. just very like, we want to make a space that's safe for, for women in beer to like get together and, and try stuff and be able to like leave your drink unattended and go to the washroom. Like, what are yeah. the chances? <laughs> um, but I think that, that during doing media, for like the events and, and the society like people started asking like okay cool we know we now know who this you know society um folks are like how is it being a black woman in beer and i was like i don't know i hadn't really thought about it and i think that that was the point where i started having to think about it and be like oh this is a thing yeah and and I, you know and it's it's like once someone points something out to you about you you're like oh man i can never unsee this <laughs> yeah yeah it's like my lazy eye no, i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> dude i have one <laughs> <laughs> sorry bad joke <laughs> shows up when i'm really tired like in certain photos if i look certain, it's amazing it's so great I have a droopy eye for sure. <laughs> yeah, if, I, I think it's my left eye. And you can always tell if I'm tired in a photo because my eye is like, peace. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If your eye checks out, I'll know it's time to wrap this up. So how much of that, I mean, you just said it. It was kind of something that was thrust upon you. And much like, I feel like when the Society of Beer Drinking Ladies started, I shouldn't have been a controversy. Like, how is this a thing people have a problem with? And then you have to kind of pivot to defensive because it's like, hey, we're going to have a thing that's beer and it's just women. 99% of people are, so I would think, we're like, yeah, great, cool, do that. I, yep. I'm shocked how many idiots were like, well, we don't, why don't we have an all men thing? We don't, like, what the fuck do you care? Why do you want to go with this? But, but also, like, the kicker was that guys were allowed after midnight. So it right. wasn't even that, like, guys couldn't come to them. It was just like, listen, you don't get to enjoy, like, the, the lion's share of this, but you're still super welcome. And guys were still like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, oh, yo. And then you had the creepy guys who were like, oh, uh, yeah, I'm going to show up late. And I'm going to, like, score some chicks. And Did they that walk happen? In. Did dudes oh, show up? Yeah, dudes would show up, but they'd get there. And, you know, later in the night, like, everyone's drinking. They've, like, made friends. And the music would be, like, Spice Girls. And you have these groups of women, like, <laughs> screaming Spice Girls lyrics in each other's faces. And you could see these guys being like, mistakes have been made. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately regret this decision. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, then, okay, and then it's been the same thing with beer diversity. I've followed your, you know, trajectory and seen the articles that you're, yeah. that you're in and the interviews. And you're thinking, okay, this is a person who wants to make this industry a safer place for minorities. Why would that be a problem? And then people have an issue with it, which I guess just reinforces the fact that you need to be out there 
but what an exhausting yeah. way to continue to be reminded. And the thing is, it's like, I'm not, I'm not saying like white people aren't allowed to drink beer. I'm like, keep drinking your beer. That's cool. Right. But like just allow for some other people to come in and try some stuff out and like, take a look around. And if they don't want to stay, then they just say, okay, cool. See you later. And yeah. if they want to stay, like share your knowledge and share your passion. Like, I'm not asking you to fucking burn your house down right. so like so someone can have the land to build their own house like that's not what it's about like and i think that the you know people get so touchy about it and um you know in in a lot of the the articles that i appear in i remember um there was a cbc article last year and they had to shut down the comments yeah. cbc online oh, cbc sh- is the worst but for, they have to for sh- commenters yeah, yeah oh. they just shut down the comments because they got so hateful uh, and and this year's too were like just as bad and like people just being like oh next year you're gonna tell me calling a beer brown is racist and i'm like wow oh, man like are you actually coming up with this on your own of course you are because yeah. no one is <laughs> there's no, no one would help you like, there's no book for that yeah there's no book for it right and i guess you kind of answer my next question which is probably a question you get in a way that's not nice like why the fuck does it matter in beer yep. but i mean it does matter in beer i'd just be curious to hear you say why you think diversity in the beer industry helps the beer industry i think the like basic you know and just like one of those like one other than just everyone should be have yeah. access to everything <laughs> well yeah but i think you know the like one plus one equals two it's like do you want more people to come into your business and buy more of your products well yeah um, especially now during pandemic days where people are like actually budgeting for things because they don't know if they're going to have a job or they're not working. Um, people still make, make concessions for things, right? Like people will still be like, you know what, I'm going to buy myself a beer or something as a treat. And, and I think that, that pushing this and saying like, if you want a more diverse group of people encountering your product it means that you will make more money so just look at it that way i mean you can look yeah. at it for the for the good I mean, whatever but <laughs> it's but I'm, it's also i mean not just for consumers i think it's must now be proven that diversity within any industry improves the industry if you have a yep. you know homogenous a group of people presenting the same point of view, bringing the same ideas to your boardroom table or your brewery, whatever yeah. it may be, you're going to keep doing the same shit that everybody's been doing and there's going to be no ingenuity. So obviously <clears throat> diversity in your company matters too. How do you go about having those conversations with breweries? I've seen that you have worked with a handful and we can talk about them in a bit, but what is your process for when they reach out or how do they get to the point other than a big PR blunder, where they decide they need to talk to Ren. What? <laughs> we'll get there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I've been, yeah, I know. I've been, I've been pretty lucky, like touch wood. I haven't had to do a lot of advertising about what I'm doing. Um, I think that early days, like again, it's been two and a half years. So early days, I got picked up by a lot of the Americans and there are a lot of American diversity groups and they all work together and they all talk to each other. And, you know, there are people in the UK and having them give me the stamp of approval definitely made me like the next hot commodity. And within, I hadn't even, hadn't even been a year of beer diversity and getting invited to go to the Craft Brewers Conference in Denver and being like the only Canadian on a panel about diversity and inclusion. Nice. Uh, Terrible and, and for being, Canada, but nice for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, also because I was like, yo, I'm here from Canada to tell you that we're a bunch of assholes. Uh, so. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, come on up. It's always us. <laughs> Why are we always the asshole? <laughs> uh, you know, and, and I think that, that being able to do that meant that breweries were paying attention to me. 
And I think that this year, especially like breweries who last year were like, we don't need you because diversity is not a thing. Um, you know, after the George Floyd video came out, suddenly like couldn't dial my number fast enough. Right. And couldn't reach out fast enough. And there were breweries who were just like, super just never got it before and suddenly they were like oh maybe we need to talk to you and like have you come in and help us figure our stuff out so not to be too cynical Do you ever... <laughs> well, i you try i try so hard <laughs> <laughs> oh good we're both in the same boat but do you ever feel like and and I, I you and i talked about this and we can just this is about cowbell but when they got in trouble because it looked like they had discriminated against someone because of race which may or may not have been the actual case um it looked like they had kind of called your name out to like tick a box do you get do you ever get the vibe that someone has called you to be like well we talked to ren so we're cool like you said a lot of breweries are getting it and they they you know call you in because they actually care about it do you ever get the sense that some of them are just having you there for the sake of having you there um i i don't get it often and i think that in terms of cowbell i think the unfortunate thing about them and, and full disclosure i'm still working with them but yeah, yeah i think i think the unfortunate thing in the cowbell situation is that they got caught and that they didn't handle it properly at the onset and they followed a lot of other people's words and suggestions and they were wrong it's you know they were they were told a series of things to do and it, it backfired at every step and everyone is a keyboard warrior so people jumped on it and i think that that them reaching out and you know funny i'd been trying to get in front of them for a while um and i think that when they when we finally did talk i was i was brutally honest with them and said that you have to show me that you really want to make a change and if once i get in i don't feel that you're you're serious about it then i'm out and and i said that i said that to to a multitude of breweries because it's it's great that you want to to tick a box and you're like oh look what i did like yeah now i'm friends to the gays to the black people and to, right like, differently yeah. labeled um <laughs> but the thing is you can only fake it for so long yeah and, yeah and so i think that especially with them is that they they have a lot of layers of, of people and and you know some of those the upper echelon people are very old school Oh, what a nice way to say that <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying i'm trying to be nicer with my words um you know, and, and I think that those those people up there are like older and they have a different view on what's important. Yeah. And I think that back when I started working in the nineties, it was important. And now it's like the last thing you should look at. And it, it can't be ninety eight percent of our clientele are happy with us, because that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't care if the seventy five year olds who come every week are happy with you because they don't spend money. Mm-hmm. Um, the people that you're alienating are the people who will come in, drop a hundred bucks and have only bought beer. And then they come back the next time and they drop 200 bucks. Cause Oh shit, that burger looked really good. So right. I think that it, it has to make a shift and it has to be that if you do diversity training, you can't just be like, see, we did training. Now we're good. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause it felt like, and, and again, I, I've had some conversations with the cowboy folks and it seemed like they have a pretty detailed like play by play of what happened. And most of it was just, like you said, they just fucking handled it terribly and people piled on, but it felt like we talked to Ren was like the beer equivalent. Like I have a black friend, so it's okay. I was like, Ooh, that's not how you play that. (laughs) And I think, and I think once, once people read that and kind of did the like collective, you know, that, that gif of like the, the soccer coach who does that. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think once everyone did that, they were just like, now what do we do? Yeah. <laughs> because we can't go in and like clarify it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and when you, 
without giving away what you want breweries to pay for, because let's be real, this is your job. Yes. What are your talking points? Like when you go into a brewery, I, I'm still shocked at how they, how they come forward and, and realize like we need to have this conversation. It's great they're having it, but I, I, how do you get to the point where you're like, we need to talk to our company about diversity because either A, it's an issue or B, we've just realized we're ignorant of it. Yeah. How do you start those conversations? I think um, I have them do pre-work and it always sounds so scary. And the pre-work is literally, what do you think your company is doing right? And what do you think your company can change? Mm. And, and then it starts with what's your definition of diversity? Because God, I, I love you white people, but um, diversity is not just black people or people of color working for you because according to the definition of diversity, it's different groupings of people or things that have differences to them, but they're always like, wish more black people worked here. And I'm like, <laughs> that's it. That's, that's all you got. <laughs> so a lot of it is, is defining diversity and, and saying, cause if one more brewery tells me like, we don't have a lot of black people living up here and it's like, cool. Do you only sell beer in that area? No. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and just reminding them, like, it's not about your home base. It's if you're, if your product can travel, like, who are you, who are you talking to and who are you courting and, um, you know, kind of, kind of working on that and, and getting people to like think differently because the, the problem is if you are in the middle of it, you continuously talk to people who are in the middle of it with you. And so when you get a new perspective while in the middle of it, you've only gone out two feet where really you need someone to be like, come with me, come, come outside the building for a minute. Okay. Do you, <laughs> yeah, do you yeah. see this? <laughs> like, this affects you. Yeah. And, and so that's, that's a lot of it. Uh, and I think just getting people to really like take a deep breath and, and stop trying to court like, you know, BIPOC. Mm-hmm. And I think that like BIPOC has turned into this weird, like buzz term. Mm-hmm. You know, black indigenous people of color like what do we do with them and i'm like well what did you do with them like a year ago yeah why are they so hot to you now yeah <laughs> but that comes through with the i mean that circles back to why you need a diversity of opinions in your company right i mean yeah. different people drink bring different perspectives and i i wouldn't limit the diversity conversation to bipoc i feel like we need to have the conversation about people of different abilities people of yeah. different gender different sexual i'm just fumbling my way through this right now. <laughs> so so the, the easiest way to put it is underrepresented peoples in beer i like that okay and then i won't and that's, and like that's an awkward that's, white man through yeah. that <laughs> but, the, but, but with the, with having it as a catch-all that way it doesn't negate the white experience because you can have a white uh trans man Right. He's not, he's not represented in beer at the best of times. So, because a lot of people were like, well, again, back to that whole, like, what do you want, you know, who do you want to remove from it? And it's like, no, no, no. I just want more people to come in and, and have a good time with it. So. Right. Yeah. It's like, and, that's that old meme, right? Rights aren't pie. It's not like if you yes. give <laughs> rights to people, you have less pie. <laughs> Folks, are you like me? Do you like supporting independent breweries? Yeah, you do. What better independent brewery to support right now than the Indie Ale House? Indie is right in the name, so you know they're independent. They're located in Toronto. Uh, their brew pub is in the Junction, and they have a brewery in Italy, in the Manulife Center as well. Of course, these are weird times for going out. Maybe you're not ready. Maybe you don't even live in Toronto. That's okay. You can still try the delicious beers that they're making at the Indie Ale House because they made it easy. Beer to your door, ordered from the comfort and safety of your own 
home. That's my favorite way to order things. You got free delivery anywhere in Toronto if you order 12 beers or more and a flat rate anywhere else in Ontario. Why not order a stay home pale ale? One dollar from every can of stay home purchased will be donated to the fund that supports their employees that have been temporarily laid off due to COVID-19. Check them out at IndieAleHouse.com. I remembered where I was going to go with this. Beer is and has been for the longest time white. And we've talked about this before. Yeah. Um, how do you get around the fact that it's just like, like it's so white, like it's so ingrained that this, like it, this is where it came from. Right. Like, I mean, when I tried to dig into why the hell is craft beer so white, I ultimately landed on, it's a pretty privileged place. So historically, the people that have been able to, you, you disagree, you made a face. <laughs> Sorry, I know. And I'd like to the hand up and everything. No, no, okay. go, go, go. <laughs> so, so historically, the first beer was accidentally brewed in Mesopotamia, yeah. which at the time was, was brown people. So it's people of color and it was part of cooking, which means that women were doing it. So like back in the day, like way, way, way back in the day, it was, it was women's chores that involved making beer. Mm-hmm. One, you know, and then you move into like medieval times and you have, um, you know, the, the ale witches and the Brewsters and, and just, you know, the notion of women wearing the tall hats, they wore those because when they went to the market, it was so you could see that they were there with their beer. And at some point guys realized that they could monetize it and then demonize the idea of the ale witch and said that, you know, her cauldron is, is actually for children to be boiled in when she's actually using it for for making beer and like, wait are you saying this is where the concept of witches came from <laughs> yeah dude what like, the, like but like the specific look of the witch like i mean there's there's wiccans and stuff so like those yeah, yeah. listening i'm not talking about wiccans i'm talking about like your traditional halloween witch my podcast witch. is huge in the wiccan community i don't doubt it <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah like that that whole that whole notion so the the cauldron and her stirring i mean she was stirring to make beer and you know had the the cats who probably weren't all black cats but had cats to to catch vermin okay um yeah so it's so i think that once you know once dudes figured out that they could monetize it they were like yo i gotta do some like pr damage <laughs> and and that's when it changed and i think that's when it became this whole notion of it being a privileged thing and a privileged beverage and i you know there's there's that god awful article um the the james beard award-winning article yeah about why black people don't drink beer yeah uh, i still want to meet that dude and i still want to shake his face with a bat <laughs> because it plays into all those stereotypes where he talks about beer being a privileged beverage and it's really expensive to make and it's like talk to any white brewery owner they'll tell you that they're like they're basic they're two minutes away from sleeping in the back of their car right and like any brewery owner that's doing well has been doing it for 30 years and probably at some point slept in the back of their car right so like <laughs> yeah but i feel like um the ability to stop doing whatever you're doing and then start a craft brewery that comes from a place of privilege. Like no one starts out broke as fuck. And is like, I'm going to start a craft brewery because there's money in it. It's always like, I decided to start a brewery. And then you look at the history. It's like, actually you were an investment banker or an executive for 20 years and you could afford to start a new thing. It's not like you scraped it together. Like, you know, old Jim. Those are like, origin stories and i think that there are a lot of breweries especially in ontario that are like i 
you know, I either borrowed money from my family or did a GoFundMe or I did yeah. a Kickstarter. Like there are breweries that did it. I mean, I think of like Dominion City that's like killing the game. They did a Kickstarter. Like that's how they started. So <laughs> I think that there are like, there are some breweries, you know, and not to knock it. Like, I mean, I've done Kickstarters and GoFundMes because I'm broke as fuck. But <laughs> um, if, if someone can help you out to, to achieve that, it's once you're up and running, what do you do to like repay the community and the people who gave you the money? Hmm. And, and, you know, looking at Dominion City, I mean, they repay the community in spades. Um, but I, I think that we have to get away from this whole, like, you can only own a brewery if you have a lot of money. Because I, I can think of like a dozen breweries that have no money and they were put together on a shoestring and a dream and they're making it work. Hmm. Okay, well, maybe I've been lazy because I did. No, like, <laughs> no, no. no. That's a fair criticism. Because I did did have this question. Why is it so fucking white? I mean, it's it's not necessarily, like if you look at Toronto, diverse as hell. 55% of people in Toronto are visible minorities. 55% of the people working in Toronto beer are not visible minorities. So what is is that? So maybe it was an easy answer at the time I researched it, but it did seem like, okay, craft beer was a thing, but who the hell can afford to drop everything and start a brewery? I think that, but that becomes a socioeconomic question. I mean, I, you know, think of that, that RBC commercial that was filmed at Reinhardt. Yeah. And the guy like literally gets up, rips his tie off, puts his hand through his hair. Now he's long hair. Right. Wipes his face. He's got this huge beard. He's like, now I have a brewery. And it's like, yeah, because you're a white guy. And, <laughs> and based on biases in like the financial world, it's harder for a person of color to get a loan. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's the tripping point, right? Like it's, so it's not about getting into beards getting the money to get into beer yeah and i yeah. think i think like you know so if you if you look at those two pieces then that's why craft beer is so white because it's it's hard for a brewery to get a loan in general mm-hmm. but it's easier if you're white it's impossible if you're a person of color that's why like how many how many breweries in toronto or ontario are owned by people of color i can't name any lost craft <laughs> yeah that's it yeah. And he is a totally different story than most standard breweries too. Yeah. So your, I feel like your answer isn't that different than mine, but the question is, you know, why is craft beer so white? It's not just beer. It's, it's, it's yeah. a accessibility to, you know, traditional ways of getting finance. Money. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Fair enough. When you ask people, uh, what have you done lately? Not that you actually literally, maybe you actually do literally ask people that, but like when the trolls come out and you're like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> what the fuck can we do? Like I, I, here I am, you know, privileged white guy with a podcast fumbling my way through this conversation. <laughs> like what the, what the hell? I know it's an issue, but what the, what the hell am I, what can I do? Yeah. And I, well, I think that, that we need to stop thinking that it has to be a financial contribution to make a change. Uh, money I'm not offering you any money. Don't get it. Right? <laughs> I didn't go I'll there. I'll take your money. I'll take your money. But do you know what I mean? Like a lot yeah, of breweries yeah. are like, oh, but I don't have money. And I was like, no one said you had to give money. Like, so why was that your default? Yeah. And, and I know that I've been kind of having it out with a few Cambridge-based breweries where they started with, <laughs> well, we don't have any money. And I'm like, listen, if, if Barncat can post you can post yeah like i mean those guys are open like two and a half days or whatever their crazy hours still are like they're just they're signal boosting so signal boost highlight things um repost because a lot of a lot of people who complain about it 
have more followers than the charities that could use the help. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, oh, but I only have 2,000 followers. Yeah, cool. The charity you're talking about is 350 followers. Like, I'm not real great at math, but it sounds like you have more followers than they do. And right. <laughs> to just like put, you know, so stop bitching about who's got it wrong and who you hate today. Just put out some positivity and say like, here's a group doing a really great thing. Um, this brewery is working with them. This brewery is not working with them. I think they should. Uh, you know, like that's always a great piece to start with and just like educate yourself. Cause I mean, we're all so fucking stupid. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, no, take it. Take hey, a I learned about witches tonight. I lo- I'm, I'm, yeah. loving, I'm loving it. <laughs> I liked, you know, and I just, I think that like, listen to podcasts and, and I think that, you know, you, you had talked about, about cowbell and I know that, that Robin and Jordan had talked about it and like, both of you talking about it in different ways, it was still the same nuggets. Mm-hmm. And so like, listen to things that will educate you. Are there podcasts out there that like you, like, I don't even know who's talking about this. Like, are there voices of color in the, in the I mean, I barely know beer podcasters, so we'll start there. But yeah. <laughs> There's that, right? Like, right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think they're all, but they're all American voices. I think that, uh, yeah. you know, I have, I have a couple, I have a couple of friends like pushing me to do a podcast and I'm like, no. because <laughs> it can't just be me um but i'll probably do it uh, and you, the I thing about they, this is and i'm only like what this is episode 14 um not to talk about myself but let's talk about me um it, you you gotta do it every week right like sometimes i'm like it's tuesday night and i'm like fuck i gotta post one tomorrow man and the other thing is like it's a slow burn like not to like toot my own horn yeah. but i feel like when i was blogging if i posted something i had like seven thousand whatever followers i posted something i would get feedback and i i've yeah. learned that i obviously craved those likes and those retweets <laughs> and now <laughs> when an episode of the podcast goes live and i'm like what the fuck no one's retweeting where's my no one's I, need, saying anything. I need the love help me so you have to be ready to fucking go for a long time before anyone's gonna listen it's it can be frustrating as hell i know but yeah it's it's honestly do it we need diverse voices in podcasting i'll come do your show you do my yeah. show we'll just be a big circle right trip. it's a good it's a good yeah it's a good trip. <laughs> yeah i just i just show up on podcasts but um i think that in the states there's like a bunch of, of really great um so there's drinking partners which is Dave bracy and he's one of the founders of fresh fest which is um, america's first black focused beer festival beer culture has a podcast i know that and one. that's culture with a yeah culture with a k yeah so that's uh tony and april i think are heading that up beer and other shit so b-a-o-s yeah those guys have blocked so, me a long time ago for some reason. So there, well, back back in the day, there were like all the fights. Um, Craig has done amazing things for me. Craig and Tiff, his partner, have been doing a lot. I think um, Scott's also there, but he just had a baby, so I don't know how much he's around. Um, but they really do support um, diverse voices. And, I've and seen, you, yeah, I've seen them on your Instagram. To be honest, I think I've had a chip on my shoulder because they blocked me. But I'll listen to them because they've got the Ren stamp of approval now. And um. I do listen. I mean, obviously I listen to your podcast and then I listen to um, the Ontario Craft Beer Guide. What do you think, maybe this is getting too heavy now, we're to the later <laughs> parts of the show, but I mean, what do you think the biggest problem we still have uh, in beer like that you'd like to tackle? Oh, 
I would love to tackle the the arrogance, which I'll like I'll never get through it, but that arrogance of people who say that there's no problem. Like I remember when you wrote about the Ontario Beer Summit. Mm-hmm. and like the early demise of it which then someone like a couple of weeks later was like listen covid would have ruined it and i was like i'm still gonna punch you in the junk like <laughs> you understand i'm still mad about this yeah. um but people but people commenting and being like oh well of course it didn't work because we don't have a diversity problem and it was just like of course we have a diversity problem like canada was built on the backs of indigenous people and we can't treat them properly. But somehow you're going to tell me that beer is this like all holy drink that is super welcoming to everyone. And if you bathe in it, you will reach the enlightenment of one mediocre white man. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> it's just like, you know, and I, I really try not to get really mad about it. But like I said, I'm in my mid forties and I've kind of hit the leg. I just don't give a fuck anymore <laughs> because, because I, I tried to be really nice. I tried to be the safe black woman and I tried to do everything I was supposed to do and it didn't work. And now I'm just like, yo, I'm gonna drag you. I'm gonna take names and I'm going to start like naming and shaming because we, we keep saying that like, breweries that have done whatever for so many years like well they're exempt because you know like they started in the 80s or the early 90s and yeah that label is kind of problematic but like they make good beer so who cares and it's like but how many other breweries are making great beer with like great labels and helping so I think that's that's the thing I want to tackle where it's just like stop giving passes to people who don't need them yeah if if great if great lakes can can switch from like some issues of the past and labels that a lot of people didn't see problems with um, that were problematic and get to the point where they are doing a lot for the community. I mean, they've always been doing a lot for the community, but now they're doing a lot for a more diverse community. Like, I mean, they were always, they were always working with the retirement home. Like I remember, you know, the barbecues and stuff and they were working with like the elderly. And now they're at this point where they're, they're helping like make a change in young black women's lives. Like if Great Lakes can do it, then like, what's your, what's your excuse? Yeah. And at this point, the argument that like, I don't see the problem here is beyond like, okay, maybe a few years ago would have given you like, that's a pretty privileged place to come from. Now I think it's actively racist. Like if you're still saying there's no problem, you're, you're either just came out of a cave <laughs> Or you're fucking racist. Like, to be that ignorantly or willfully ignorant, there's no excuse anymore. Like, like you don't even have to check the little avatar picture of the person's skin color to be like, I already know who fucking posted this. And you're probably wearing white sunglasses in your truck. (laughs) Not to stereotype. But there it is, right? And I think, think, you know, like, yeah, I've named Great Lakes. And I know that, like, some people will be like, yeah, but they've been around for a million years. And it's like, they're not swimming in money like Scrooge McDuck every day. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's, again, it's not about money. Diversity doesn't cost fucking money. It it only costs money if you want it to, right? Like if you are in a position where you can say, hey, do you know what? We can like, we can split this. I mean, Great Lakes at any given time has like what, 10 different beers available. So like one beer, they give like X amount of that beer to like a charity. Yeah. The rest are at regular price guys. Like it's not, it's not like they're like, oh, well there goes everything. We have to fire everyone to turn off the lights. Like, and, and I think that, you know, small breweries really hold on to that. But like, the question is, who, you know, take, take Black is Beautiful, for example, like who brewed it? 
mm-hmm. and and who did anything real with it. I mean, there are some breweries that I'm like, can I see your receipts? Because there's some breweries that brewed it that I'm like, I don't think you gave any money to anyone. They just I think you just it. did it. I think you just brewed it. it. Oh god, it's gross. I and I mean, I have I have no facts other than what I've seen them talk about and how they've talked about things, and I'm like. I think he just jumped on for a free pass. I mean, hell, founders brewed it. Yeah, <laughs> founders. So <laughs> they're just trying to get out of the hole they've dug. They're like, we'll do anything. American beer Twitter. When they saw that, founders is never getting out of that hole. It's kind of like, but maybe not as bad. I don't know. I get really frustrated when I see people like, as long as the beer in the can tastes good, who cares what's on the label? It's just. To have that point of view, and I, those are people I will give them a little bit of a pass. Like you're not being actively terrible. You may just be super privileged. Like the fact that you don't see the problem with, you know, the label with cartoonishly large tits on it doesn't mean it's not a problem. Like who cares? It's just a joke. The beer tastes good. It's like, of course you don't care. <laughs> like You're not nice. being portrayed as an like uber sexual and that's your, that's your value. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I see, I mean, the people that just refuse to see that. And I think, but I think too, we become really insular in in the beer that we talk about because you know, again, like think of the beer nerds. They probably only make up what fifteen percent of the beer drinking public. Yeah, and I feel like I'm being like super generous. That's generous, on that. yeah. And and so the fifteen percent who have this weird like call to arms. And I just, I hear like this, this nerd screaming as they like all run to the door. Um, what does that sound like? <laughs> <laughs> and then they, you know, instead, instead of pulling, they try to push it and they just all smash into the door. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> my glasses. Uh, but I, I think that, you know, there's 85% of the people out there who don't care. They don't, yeah. they don't get what the controversy is. They don't get why this should be all riled up. And I think like, you know, looking looking at Cowbell, like it was the beer nerds who got mad. It was the beer nerds who were like, I'm never buying your beer again. And I'm sure if you stopped and asked them and said, do you ever buy Cowbell? They'd be like, well, no. Yeah. Oh, cool. But you posted that you're never buying it. I mean, that was like when when Forefathers happened, um, you know, people were like, I'm never buying your beer. And I remember actually seeing an interaction where someone said, have you ever bought Forefathers? And the guy was like, no, but I'm not about to start. And it's like, you're not hurting them. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, and then seeing photos like, I try to hurt them. It. I never buy their beer, and I never. But I will. No I, mean, I, I have I have issues with one of the guys that works there, and I'm totally on record as like fuck them. Um, one of the fathers hit a woman. That we can say it. <laughs> for fuck four fathers. Call yeah. it three fathers, or you're canceled. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Well, one one of the other fathers called me like the day after George Floyd's video like played ad nauseum, and was like, "What charity was should we give to for black people?" And I was like, "I don't fucking know. Google it." Oh, I'm God. I'm lying in bed crying <laughs> over a video, and you want to know who you give to? And I was like, "No, dude. I've never heard from him. He's never asked how I'm doing." Uh, hey, forefathers, <laughs> if you care, I'm doing okay. Uh, hey, only black person pounds. I've met. Who do I donate to? <laughs> Oof! Seriously, so mad about that. I'm never letting it go. There are another. There are other great breweries in that geographic area. So if you do buy their beer, feel free to stop. I don't mind. I don't mind fighting with breweries or like just being annoyed with them and like and saying, you know, like here's what's going on. And wait, no one. And also talking about the breweries that are doing it right. I think that it's so easy to be super negative. Yeah, it's so fun. I love it. 
Sorry. <laughs> it's so easy to just fucking snipe. I, it's, <laughs> so it let's is, not do the name and shame. A, but I mean, I do want to yeah. know, if not, who the common offenders are. Like, what are the common offenses? What are you calling people out for? Just that lack of, is it like, like you said, brewing a black is beautiful beer and maybe not donating or like throwing up a black square on Instagram and then doing literally nothing. Like, is it just the lip service? I think that the breweries that just did the black square on Instagram had to scramble afterwards because that was like the second or third of June. And some of them, some of them brought me in for talks and like some restaurants and like some big places. And I'm like, so your your last statement of supporting people like me was the second of June. What have you done since? Mm-hmm. And a lot of places will say, well, we've been working behind the scenes. And I'm like, cool. If you're a restaurant, you'll tell me about the new like stupid rice that you're cooking with. <laughs> if you're a brewery, you'll tell me about the new stupid hop that you're working with. No one cares because right. you always talk about hops. So talk about the things that you're doing behind the scenes. Like, you know, I'm, and, and I love these guys to the ends of the earth. Um, Blood Brothers. And they had they had done the, the square and they hadn't sent anything and I like sent them. I think I actually did a message on their on their Instagram and I was like, hey friends, it's been like 10 weeks, what are you doing? And they sent me this literal like two page um, email and I was like, why aren't you telling people? Hmm. Like, tell people what you're doing. And because they're so G willikers and, and I love them for it, but at the same time, like it hurts because right now people are really watching. And it was just like, oh man. And like, so they've been rolling stuff out and like just killing it. But it's, don't tell me about your experimental hop. Tell me about the things that you're planning to help your community. Yeah. Tell me, tell me about the things that will educate a bunch of beer nerds. Tell me about the things that will, will bring in people who aren't beer nerds, but like, we're always too scared to come into your space. Like, talk yeah. about it. I think it's tough for people that are earnestly trying hard, like Blood Brothers, who, yep don't want it to look like a PR thing. Oh, for it's sure. like a fine line because yes. it's important for them to talk about it because they need to set yeah. an example. But if they're like, fuck, if we just keep tooting our own horn, we're going to look like assholes, right? But I, but I think that, again, the beer community makes it really taboo to say, to, to be like toot toot motherfucker. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, and I, I think that right now we need a lot of positivity. And, you know, if Great Lakes can do it and say we're partnering with this this group and helping disadvantaged Black women, like, wh- why can't you say that you're planning to do something? So let's talk about who's doing it right. Um, I, f- I feel like London's doing okay. I see you, uh, I see you in my hometown on Instagram. <laughs> Not that you call me for beers, but I know that... <laughs> Listen. Like I, I, know my, I know my friends at Storm State, they did a Black is Beautiful beer. They're doing it right. I know that yes. my... So the, the, formerly the London Brewing Co-op, now just London Brewing, they've got uh, a mandate to help the community, and they they give back a lot too. So I'll give them a shout out. Keep it local. But who else would you say is doing it right? Um, Beer Lab. For oh yeah, for London. Local. Keep it in London. Just yeah, London. Right? <laughs> London. London's uh, a diverse, diverse yeah. city. <laughs> oh, so, totally. So uh, Great and Grit in Hamilton. Have, have done a lot to support me personally, but I've also done a lot to just support their community. They they do a weekly trivia and the first Thursday of every month, I think, it's either the first or the last. Um, in order to play, you have to donate of any amount. So you can donate a dollar to like whatever you want to donate um, and they pick a local charity. So uh, they have been indigenous and black and people of color focused. 
Merit has been has been doing some great stuff. Um, again, like full disclosure, I work with both breweries. Um, uh, out here, so Kitchener Way Counterpoint mm. Brewing, which I think hit the run, you know, hit the ground running really fast and really hard. And they were just they were doing a lot, and they are so about community. They just put out a new beer where they uh, were with Chef Tennille Warren, who's local out here and does Jamaican food, and Aaron Francis, who's a DJ and also does um, great photos of like the history of Black people through his family. So they just did a specific beer that was like for them and their heritage because they're both Jamaican. Um, and Red Circle, mm. which you know is is in the Catalyst Building, which honestly. It, you got to come down here. We break into the building. We play hide and go seek. No one finds us for four days. Uh, <laughs> what? It's an old tire factory and this building is huge. Really? Yeah. It's, it's like scary huge. It's you, or you film a, a horror movie in there. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> the red circle folks do a bunch of things that are really amazing. So uh, Brett Croft is the head brewer. Um, they're really good. Short finger which is Rob Hearn, who I talked mm-hmm. about earlier. He's doing some really great things and gives back to the community all the time. And then his wife, Kat, does a lot of education. Uh, and makes beer accessible for a lot of people. So that's really amazing. Uh, Toronto's got stuff, but who cares about Toronto? Right, they get enough love. Uh, <laughs> Left Field's great. Muddy York is great. Yeah. Uh, great Lakes, who I've mentioned like way more than I've ever mentioned them in their lives. Yeah, You're welcome, Troy. For great Lakes. Yeah, uh, Troy, Troy, Troy will appreciate it. Yeah, he sure will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> They're, they sponsor this show. They've sent me beer to drink. Okay, to okay. So the then that's, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> um, and, then it, and then kind of if you want to move outside of it and you're traveling or you're listening somewhere elsewhere in Canada, Two Crows Brewing, which is... Yeah, in, I've been there. Yeah. It's because oh, those folks are so rad. Good Robot, North Brewing. You know so what I, good. This is such a like privileged point of view to say. As you're speaking, I realize everything we've talked about tonight has been related to diversity. Uh, how exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, that's all I've asked you about because like how unfortunate I can talk about whatever, like my next, next week I'm going to talk about beer and I'm not going to talk about diversity because I can. And what a fucking privileged point of view for me. So I'm sorry. Cause all we did was talk about fucking diversity and beer. Like, do you ever just want to talk about how you like to drink beer and this like, <laughs> so sorry, I'm just like peppering you with questions and realizing like, fuck, what a privileged thing for me to do. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. Um, okay, before we fully get away from diversity, or maybe we just we can wrap it up if you want, but do you think it's getting better? I mean, are we getting better? Uh, in baby steps. I think that it's, it's one of those things where, like when I started that women in beer wasn't like a big thing, mm-hmm. um, which obviously like now women run a lot, but it's still, I mean, it's Too like, much, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the kitchen Back with it. us. Slow down. Because <laughs> uh, now we're just getting crazy. <laughs> Talking about rights. Jeez. I gave you the vote. What more do you want? <laughs> we let you have your little society. <laughs> now you can... <laughs> That's the only clip people are going to play from the show. <laughs> I know, right? They're going to be like, wait, what? Um, 
<laughs> I think that, yeah, I think we're, we're making changes and I think that strides are happening, but I think it always has to be like really terrible shit happens to remind beer to be like, Oh yeah. Uh, those, those people, um, we should invite them in. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I think, I think that the changes are happening and, you know, because unfortunately we're always behind the States and we're always looking to the States to, to kind of get like, what do we do now? Um, we're, in my eyes, too far behind for what mm-hmm. our numbers are. Like, I mean, the States, yes, like you can have a, a brewery in your garage. Um, but, you know, they talk about in the States having like one or 2% of breweries are owned by, by black people, which like is minuscule. But then when you look at the number, you're like, oh, that would be like half of our breweries. Right. <laughs> like, so I think that we, we have a long way to go. Um, there are small changes, but now the question is, can we maintain the changes? And then can we grow the changes? Okay, we won't go Oh, there. okay, wait, before we go. Okay. Ontario Beer Memes. Ontario Beer Memes. Is it you? No, I'm it's Instagram. not me. I don't... Okay, I'm going to shit talk. I don't think the memes are funny. Because he'll, he'll... I'm assuming it's a man, and I apologize if it's not. But, like, he'll shit talk someone in the meme and then apologize in the comments. It's like... Right, the Henderson one. Yeah, like, you got to own it. You can't just... You know, yeah. Yeah, it's not me. And I'm not, I'm also not Ontario craft beer expert. Like, <laughs> oh, do you know what? I thought that that was um, Victoria Rhombus. Oh, that would have been amazing. Yeah. Hmm. No. Because yeah, that, one's, that one's like completely gone. Like that account got deleted. Yeah. yeah. He and I had some conversations uh, in the DMs when I was trying to figure out who, I keep saying he, I'm sorry. But yeah. No, but, well, that, but that was the whole point of it, right? Like, yeah. See, when it's cynical and snarky, everyone <laughs> comes to me. And there was, there were a couple recently that like had riffed off of things that you had been talking about. And he's like, it's like just there enough. That I'm like, I think oh. he's very aware of what I'm talking about. And I've definitely seen some that are like ripped from my Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's not me. Um, I have more I balls than that person. I don't walk it back in the comments. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> we're, we're Facebook friends. That's all I know. You're Facebook friends with the Ontario... Oh, because, because one of one of the posts they were like, "Oh, I ripped this from Ren's Facebook," mm. and I had literally posted it like an hour before, and then they just changed the last panel of it. The deep, deep mysteries of Ontario beer social media. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll leave it there tonight. I think Ren. All right. Well, thanks for having me on. Next time you come back, we're not going to talk about diversity. No, I feel like we have to. Like, I mean, I know it's rude not to. <laughs> Well, thanks for doing the show. Yeah, my pleasure. Hang in there. I will. We'll talk um, soon. I'll yeah, see you in the sure. DMs. Hell yeah. <laughs> Bye, friend. Right, bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure and wash your hands. <laughs>